0: Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, the Lancet HIV's podcast. I'm the journal's editor, Peter Hayward, and in a moment I will be talking to Ankur Gupta-Wright of London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine in the UK, and Melanie Alufandika-Moyo from the Malawi-Liverpool Welcome Trust in Blantyre, Malawi. Their paper, Reporting HIV Drug Resistance in Adult Hospital Inpatients in Malawi, is published in the September issue of the Lancet HIV. Of course, we hope you're going to find all of the content of the issue interesting. But before we get to Anka and Melanie, I'd like to particularly draw your attention to the series on haematological malignancies in people living with HIV, which is included in the September issue. The series is published in conjunction with our colleagues at the Lancet Haematology. The papers in the series cover a range of topics, including epidemiology and treatment of haematological malignancies in people with HIV, treatment innovations, and stem cell transplants. But now, let's speak to Anka and Melanie. Hello there, Anka. Hi, Peter. Great to have you here. And hello, Melanie. Hi, Peter. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to have you. So in your paper, which is published in the September issue of The Lancet HIV, you present data from an observational cohort study on patients in hospital with HIV in Malawi. Could you tell us a little bit about the characteristics of this population, the situation in Malawi generally? Are there a lot of people with HIV who are hospitalised there?
1: Yeah, so I think the um, patients who are uh, living with HIV that are missed to hospital, the population is broadly reflective of people living in the community. So there's a predominance of women in our study, and the median age is about 40. But as we'd expect, the population in hospital is is. Different in that patients are much sicker than the general population. And we saw that with patients having a much lower CD4 count and patients being generally much sicker, so difficult to uh, lower functional status and lower BMI and lower weight, for example. I think what's interesting is uh, in our study, most patients actually already knew their HIV diagnosis. Um, and over the 90% of these patients were taking antiretroviral therapy. And I think this is something that's dramatically changed over the last five to 10 years. Previously, most patients with HIV who are admitted to the hospital probably wouldn't have known their HIV status, so they wouldn't have been diagnosed and they wouldn't have been taking um, antiretroviral therapy. Um, and I think this is really a testament to the, the strong ART programme in Malawi. And along with this, I think we're seeing a reduction in number of patients um, living with HIV who are admitted to hospital. The hospitals are actually a really good setting to try and target interventions to find and manage um, those patients who are living with HIV and on antiretroviral therapy that aren't biologically suppressed.
0: So that sounds like there's been a lot of progress in recent years, which seems really encouraging. Uh, You seem to find quite high levels of drug resistance in the population in your study. Were you surprised by the level of resistance
2: mutations and resistance that you found in your population? These were very important findings, but we weren't surprised because working on the wards in the hospital, it's very common to see patients whom, you know, as clinicians, we believe that they're failing on their ART, but without easy access to viral load testing for hospitalized patients and also um, with no access to drug resistance, it was unclear how much ART failure was due to drug resistance. We see patients who are established on their ART, but they still come in with stage three or four conditions, and they have quite low CD4 counts. So the results were not surprising to see that about 32.1% of HIV-positive patients who are already established on ART for more than six months had virological failure. And it's also good to know the resistance to the different drugs used to manage HIV Because, I mean, notably, we've seen a high resistance to the non-nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors, and this information will help assist clinicians to select appropriate drugs in, you know, to manage HIV-positive patients. And we weren't surprised also at the lower levels of resistance to the protease inhibitors and the integrase strand inhibitors, as these drugs are not commonly used in Malawi. They're in the second line regimen and not many patients are on the second line regimen. So these were very important findings, but they're not surprising to most clinicians.
0: And just sort of allied to that, is the situation, I don't know whether you know this, but whether the situation is sort of similar in the region more broadly, so outside of Malawi? So there's...
1: Not very much data in um, hospitalised patients, um, this is one of the, the first studies really reporting to drug resistance in, in this population. Malawi does have a particularly strong ART programme for the region, but I imagine that the HIV epidemic is quite similar across neighbouring countries, mm-hmm. um, so I imagine the findings will be quite similar if, if studies were done in, in, in other settings, but we don't really have the data to answer those, uh, that question.
0: Right, okay. But coming then back to Malawi, do you think you find similar results in the wider community rather than just in a hospital setting?
2: So as Anka mentioned earlier, I mean, the hospital population is a highly selected subgroup of the wider population of people living with HIV and AIDS. And we expect more patients in the community to have virological suppression and fewer patients to have drug resistance um data from the community shows that over 90% of people know their HIV status and that they're taking ART and also that more than 90% of patients who are taking ART are virologically suppressed and this is in comparison to the hospital figure that we the hospital estimate that we found at 68% the level of drug resistance in Um, patients with newly diagnosed HIV who had not been exposed to ART was similar to that which would expect in the community around 10 percent but the level of drug resistance also that we found in the study is much higher than that which would expect in the community so the the results would be different um, in a community setting.
0: And so just so in the community setting there, you said that 90% of people uh, know their status, did you say? And then 90% of people on treatment are virally suppressed. I mean, that's an incredible achievement for Malawi's HIV ART programme.
2: Yes. So Malawi is doing doing very well in as regards the progress towards the UNAIDS 1990-90 treatment goals.
0: Great to hear. So... Going back to your study then, uh, how do you think your findings could be used to sort of tailor HIV services or what messages do you think your study has for HIV services and HIV programs in Malawi?
2: Our study has identified, you know, this patient subgroup that can be targeted in order to decrease HIV mortality further, to improve ART adherence and also virological suppression. I mean, in this case, hospital patients will benefit most from an expedited viral load testing and ART switching. But most importantly, what we want to see is interventions that are aimed at preventing and early diagnosis of um, virological failure before patients develop advanced HIV and, and well enough to be admitted to hospital. Most of the patients in our study were attending clinics and collecting and taking their ART And there may have been opportunities to identify that they were failing their ART um, prior to them getting unwell. As much as ART services in Malawi have, you know, they've been rolled out using a public health approach. Our study um, highlights that there are subgroups of patients um, that would benefit from a more individualized patient care for example, more frequent clinic visits as well as viral load testing for patients who were previously hospitalized or who are currently hospitalized. In addition, I think we would like to recommend investment in point-of-care technologies to help diagnose viral failure and as well as to expedite expedited switching of second-line therapy for unwell patients who are admitted to hospital. Most of the times to perform a targeted viral load test in a patient who is admitted to hospital, it is challenging because most of the viral load testing is centralized and there is no central lab management system so that the it takes a long time for the sample to reach the lab, the central lab, as well as for the lab to issue the results. So the results will be received by the clinician when either the patient has died or they've already been discharged from hospital, making it difficult for such results to make any difference in the clinical management of um, patients who are acutely unwell. So we recommend um, investment in point-of-care viral load testing. One challenge that clinicians also face um, with the public health approach is that the current HIV management guidelines in Malawi support a period of three months of intensive adherence counseling in patients with detectable viral loads before they can be switched to an alternative regimen. Our study identifies an increased risk of mortality in hospitalised patients with virological failure, which may support early switching to an alternative regimen without waiting for these three months of intensive adherence counselling.
0: So you're sort of highlighting there, it's key to sort of prevent virological failure before it happens really. So it's about Identifying the people who are most at risk of biological failure and then tailoring approaches to those individuals to try and prevent people getting to the situation of the population that was included in your present study, really.
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, that's um thank you very much for that. So then Anka sort of t- touched on this earlier, um, and I guess you've mentioned as well a bit, Melanie, I think about sort of the current uh, sort of treatment of HIV in Malawi. I think Malawi is sort of in the process of switching to using dolutography, so using um, an integrated strand transfer inhibitor as a first-line drug. Do you think that this is a sort of step in the right direction that's going to help to prevent people, to help prevent biological failure and help sort of prevent people getting into the situation of the population included in your study? And also, how do you think it will impact sort of the picture of resistance uh, in Malawi?
2: The switch to um, Doritagravir as a first-line drug was received with much excitement in the clinical community because of its high potency as well as high um, barrier to resistance. We expect that it will overcome some of the resistance found in our study, um, especially that to efavirenz which is a drug that has been replaced um, by Dorotegravir. And also that in our study, there was very little resistance to Mm Dorotegravir. However, the fact that most patients were um, resistant to two or more drugs in the first line regimen, particularly the nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors, suggests that patients who are switched from efavirenz to doletegravir whilst maintaining the other two nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors may effectively be on doletegravir monotherapy. Whilst data from previous studies have shown that patients with nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitor resistance when they're switched to doritografer regimens, will still achieve virological um, failure. We don't know if this will be the case in unwell patients who have very high viral loads and quite advanced HIV. So this is worth looking out for and, um, I guess, observing as more and more patients are switched to doritografer. Anecdotally, we still, we're still seeing patients who um, are failing their ART even on doritografer so there is need to continue monitoring for um, drug resistance and the hospitalized patient population would be a perfect um, population to do this
0: so it's it, it's it's not a magic bullet that certainly um, offers some hope
2: yes it does it does
0: okay well um thank you both for joining me today thank you anka and thank you melanie um, and thank you to for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation with Ankara and Melanie, we think you may also be interested in a review by Ralph Hammers and colleagues that was published in the October 2018 issue of the Lancet HIV on HIV drug resistance in low-middle income countries. So, just remains for me to say thank you once again for joining us, and we hope you'll be back next month when we'll continue the conversation.